Chapter Nine of Carpenter's Geographical Reader, Africa by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. In the Oasis of Biskra. Leaving Tunis, we return by train to Constantine and go southward through the mountains of Algeria into the desert on the railroad which the French have built to the Oasis of Biskra. As we approach the Sahara, the country grows more barren and the pasture more scanty now and then we go by a mean arab village half tents half hovels with a flock of sheep or goats grazing near it watched by ragged men or boys we pass brackish lakes or salt marshes startling the wild geese and red-legged flamingos feeding upon them we shoot in and out of tunnels and go through a wild gorge into an oasis shaded by date palms of dark green farther on stretching away on both sides of the track we pass through more sand and rock and finally dash into biskra one of the most thriving oases of the sahara and the chief one accessible by railroad how delightful it is and how curious we are in the midst of the desert in a green valley so small that we can walk from one end of it to the other in an hour and across it in fifteen minutes or less all about us is the dry barren sand we see bare yellow mountains away off at the north and an oasis here and there standing out against other parts of the horizon biskra itself is delightfully green it has thousands of date palms with olive groves and orchards of oranges lemon apricot and other trees under them in some places vegetables are growing below the fruit trees so that there are three crops one rising above another upon the same ground the oasis is watered by springs it is divided into little farms each with a mud wall about it the farmers living in a village not far away here and there is a well out of which the water is raised by creaking wheels moved by camels and emptied into troughs which extend into the fields each farmer has the right to a fixed amount of the water the town of biskra where most of the people live is surrounded by a wall and a ditch it is the seat of government of the vast territories which the french own in the algerian sahara and it has many frenchmen and italians mixed with its arabs bedouins and moors biskra is more like the towns of algeria and tunis than the other oases settlements we shall visit in our caravan rides over the desert its streets are wide and well paved it has a park where the band plays every afternoon and a fort with french soldiers it has french stores as well as arab bazaars and also hotels for many europeans come to biskra for their health during the winter the natives here in the desert are even more strange than those of the north many of them are jet black the men are fierce-looking straight and well-formed the women are for the most part unveiled they dress in gay colors and wear great earrings bracelets and anklets of gold and silver some have just come in from the desert and we frequently meet a woman riding a camel bobbing up and down as she goes through the street biskra is an important trading center caravans come here from all parts of the sahara bringing dates and other products from the oases to be shipped off to europe and taking back all sorts of goods in exchange we see long lines of camels loaded with dates swinging their way through the streets and learn that dates are one of the chief products 
of this part of the world an oasis is valuable according to the number of date trees it will support there are almost two hundred thousand such palms in biskra and so many dates are brought in every year that if they were evenly divided there would be enough to give a big handful to every boy and girl in the united states we stroll about the oasis talking through our interpreters with the arab farmers and learning how dates are grown we pick some from the younger trees and bite into them the ripe dates are delicious but the green ones pucker our mouths like unripe persimmons the date palm although it thrives on the dry air of the desert must have plenty of water about its roots or it will die the arabs call it the queen of trees and say it must have its head in the burning sun and its feet in running water for this region the orchards are irrigated and ditches are dug around the trees to keep the roots moist when other crops are planted under the palms the whole field is flooded the date tree is usually grown from one of the suckers which sprout from the trunks of the older trees the suckers are taken off and planted if well watered they strike root at once and within four or five years begin to have fruit they are in full bearing at about eleven years after which they will yield a hundred pounds or more of dates a year for about a century in the sahara the date palm begins to blossom in april great bunches of beautiful flowers sprouting out of its top after a time the blossoms fall and the green dates appear as the summer goes on they change to a reddish or yellowish color and grow brighter and brighter until they are ripe when the yellow dates are the color of amber and the red dates are brownish or black as the fruit ripens the flesh which was unpleasant to the taste changes and becomes so sweet that in some varieties more than half of it is pure sugar the dates shipped to our country are sweet dates they are allowed to dry on the trees they shrink as they dry and after a week or so are ready to be picked and packed for the market dates are exported in bags or long wooden boxes the choicest varieties being repacked before they go to europe or the united states dates are of as many varieties as apples more than one hundred different kinds are grown in the sahara some are hard some soft some sweet and others so dry that one cannot bite into them those exported to the united states are of the soft variety they are so full of juice that it is often drained off before the fruit is packed the date juice forms a thick syrup which is eaten as a preserve under the name of date honey other dates do not dry readily although they contain less sugar these might be called table dates as they are often eaten fresh from the trees another and very important variety is the dry date this contains but little sugar and it is not soft or sticky when ripe it is allowed to remain on the tree until it drops and when stored away in a dry place can be kept for years dry dates are almost unknown outside the sahara but they form one of the chief foods of the people they might be called the bread of the desert they are eaten by man and beast being often fed to camels and even to dogs we delight in the ripe dates and find we can eat great quantities of them and still long for more they are grown in all the oases and will form a part of our food for some time to come going from the little farms on through the walls into the city of biskra we stroll about visiting the bazaars and the markets arranging for our caravan trip out into the desert there are long lines of camels always coming into biskra 
from many parts of the sahara and we have no trouble in selecting a party of well-guarded arabs with whom we can travel we are especially careful in picking our camels to choose good riding animals we try the different beasts again and again until we get some which ride almost as easily as rocking horses and are so fleet that they can we are told travel a hundred miles in one day End of chapter 9